Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Michelle Dang here. I'm super excited to bring Dr. Lynn Marie Morsky on this episode today. Her word for health and wellness in her journey is flow, and her story is certainly that of flow. At the time that I made the recording a few months ago, she had just made the move from San Diego to Austin in the middle of the pandemic, and I gotta give it up to her. I know that was super, super stressful. And I'm so grateful that she took her time out to chat with me. And interestingly enough, I first met Lynn Marie through her podcast. At the time, she had a podcast called Quit Happens, and it's still available. So if you want to go check it out, you can definitely check it out. Um, At the time, I was really needing a little bit of inspiration. And so a friend of mine told me about the Quit Happens podcast, and I started listening to it. And honestly, it was the first podcast that I just could not wait for new episodes to to uh, be published. Um, and so she basically inspired me, her podcast inspired me to do a little bit more outside of a traditional clinical medicine practice. So got to give it up to Lynn Murray. Thank you so much. And she also has the Quit Happens book as well. Um, and so I connected to her with her through social media and invited her to come on and record with me, and she was grateful to do so, and I'm grateful for her for agreeing to record with me, and I'm super excited to share with you her story. And a little bit about Dr. Lynn Marie. Um, She is a Mayo Clinic trained physician in family medicine and sports medicine. She's also an attorney and former adjunct law professor. She just does it all. She hosts the Plant Medicine Podcast and is the founder of plantmedicine.org and also serves as medical director for wayofleaf.com. She worked at the Veterans Administration for nine years, and her biggest frustration during that time was that she was unable to discuss the benefits of many medications she knew could help the veterans she was serving, like cannabinoid treatments and psychedelic-assisted therapy. She practiced medicine for 14 years, and after leaving clinical medicine, she made it her mission to help fill the gap in the medical community's knowledge of psychedelics, by educating her fellow physicians and also educating potential users on what options they could seek for treatment of their conditions beyond the pharmaceuticals. She started the Plant Medicine Podcast to bring scientific researchers, practitioners, and those who have been personally affected by the healing powers of these plants together to help educate the public on what is possible and help further research and decriminalization of these substances. She founded the plantmedicine.org to serve as a repository of information and resources for those seeking to learn more about these medicines. You can definitely go check out plantmedicine.org and check out the Plant Medicine podcast. She's also on Instagram at plantmedicine.org and the DOT is spelled out. So I hope you go check her out and I hope you enjoy this episode. And remember, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe leave a comment, leave a rating or review. I love, I love reading those comments and tune in every week for new episodes. I hope you enjoy.
Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. I am so super excited to bring on this episode Dr. Lynn Marie Morsky. And I have to say that I'm a little fangirling over here just because I've listened to her podcast about, um, about a year ago or so. And I just kind of, she was, it was the first podcast I started listening to. And it just kind of threw me into this podcast world. And so when I asked her to come on this episode and she agreed, I was so excited. So welcome, Lynn Marie. Thank you so much for having me. You are so sweet, Michelle. <laughs> All right. So this podcast is for women's health and wellness. And so what I ask every guest who comes on, um, I ask them what health and wellness means to them in one or two words. So what does it mean for you, Lynn Marie? If I had to bring it, break it down to one word, I'd go with flow. And it's such a beautiful word. Um, can you tell us a little bit um, why you picked that word? Sure. Because if I, if I give you a longer definition of health and wellness, I would say that that physical health is having the ability to uh, like allow your body to do what brings you into your flow state. And then mental wellness is having the mental wherewithal to be able to enjoy being in that flow state. So all of my definitions of health revolve around flow. And for those of you who may have heard this or researched this, when they do research on like the psychology of happiness, they found that happiness was very much dependent on the amount of time somebody spent in a flow state. And I can tell vast differences in my happiness level when I am spending more time in flow state versus not. And just the overall mental ease that I have when I'm in that flow state compared to when I'm trying to do things in maybe not my zone of genius or a flow state uh, that I've put a lot of focus on flow for my own personal physical and mental health. Awesome. And I love that, that what you talked about with, in, in terms of happiness as well. And for those of us who are the listeners who may not really know your story, can you kind of talk us through um, your personal journey and um, how you have come to where you are today? Sure. I, I thought you were going to give my story, Michelle. I was just going to sit back. <laughs> and you know, it's funny, Lynn Marie and I talked briefly before this recording, and uh, since I'm kind of fangirling and I know Lynn Marie's story, uh, we joked about how I could just, um, you know, talk about her entire journey, um, but I won't do that. But she wants to, okay, all right, if I have to do it, I'll give you the three minute version of it. Uh, I was a multimedia designer out of college. I quit halfway through multimedia grad school and decided I was going to go be a sports medicine doctor. There's a lot more story there, but we will focus on the, the superficial level. So I somehow went, you know, I had not done any pre-med. So I did pre-med med school residency fellowship, made it to be a sports medicine doctor, but in my fellowship realized I disliked everything about practicing clinical medicine, even sports medicine. So then I was at a real crossroads. What do I do? And luckily after a bit, I found a job working at the VA, which was uh, in compensation and pension. So it wasn't very clinical in that I was not giving medicines. I was not generally diagnosing things. I was not you know, ever on call. There was no pager. I was not writing any prescriptions. So it was paying the bills with the least amount of medical, I guess, you know, uh, aspects of medicine that I did not enjoy that really brought me out of a flow state, but it was still not something that brought me anywhere near an actual flow state. I was still very unhappy in patient care, even though it wasn't necessarily caring for the patient. I was just doing exams still like patient facing interactions were very, very, very far out of my flow state. And I did it for nine years. And 
I was, I would, you know, I would be dreading going in on Monday. I mean, I worked only Monday and Tuesday. I worked all of two days a week, 10 total hours. And the minute I left Tuesday, there would be like this relief, like, oh, I get up. I mean, I had a five day weekend, but starting like Thursday, the gloom and doom from the fact that Monday was going to come would set back in. And my brain was never completely free of like the fact that I was so out of alignment, like going to a job that I know, like I, at some point, the reason that Michelle, you know, talks about this podcast I have or slash had um, was because I was trying to do everything I could to get out of clinical medicine. And I one day thought, okay, I hear that people wake up and like to do their job and I would like to find that thing. And, and I put a lot of focused effort on that. And I found out, okay, maybe if I combine what I like to do with what I'm good at, I can make a thing out of it. And things that I was good at was public speaking and kind of teaching and advising. And when I put pen to paper and I was writing out lists, what came up for me for what I was really good at was quitting because I had used strategic quitting so many times in my life to improve scenarios. Like the fact that I was, you know, even though I wasn't loving my job, I had definitely quit sports medicine to my advantage. You know, I was only working 10 hours a week. I could have been working many more hours, standing on the sidelines of games, being still miserable. Um, I had made it into law school and through law school. And I had done all kinds of things because I was able to strategically quit anything that was sapping my energy too much, et cetera. So I write this book on quitting. I start a podcast on quitting called Quit Happens. And here I am, you know, still like nine years later at the VA, unable to quit my own job because mm -hmm. I was in this golden handcuff situation that I couldn't see because to me, it didn't feel golden. I was miserable. And, and I would have all these people on my podcast that were talking about the golden handcuffs. By the way, I lied. This is not a three minute version. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I would have all these people come on to be like, I was in sales and I was making so much money that I had the golden handcuffs and it was hard to leave. And I was like, oh, I can imagine the golden handcuffs. I realized later, oh, I totally had the golden handcuffs, just not like as much money as I think the people were talking about in sales. Mm -hmm. But it still was like, oh, I have this easy job. It's only 10 hours a week. It definitely pays, you know, well enough. And I couldn't get out. Um, excuse me, I couldn't get out because I thought I was in my coaching about strategic quitting. It was like, you have to find this backup source of income. I mean, I had, I'm, I'm single. I have no other breadwinner. So there was no one else to get a job if I couldn't make it happen. So I just kept staying there and staying there. And it got more and more feeling out of alignment for me to be there. Mm -hmm. And then where things get even trickier is that at some point in there, I underwent an ayahuasca journey. And that is a kind of psychedelic medicine from the Amazon mm -hmm. that is like 10 years of therapy in one night. And after doing that, it was so therapeutic. And it was like, oh my gosh, this medicine would help so many people. And I wasn't allowed to talk about it because I was an employee, a contractor employee of the Department of Defense. I couldn't even talk about CBD. You know, so I've got people coming in on 50,000 opioids and 14 antidepressants, and it wasn't my job to treat them, but I'm seeing, like, it was just so out of alignment for me to not even be able to tell them, like, on the side, like, hey, there's a thousand other plant-based, you know, plant medicines you could be taking, like, CBD, or maybe try ayahuasca for your PTSD. Like, I couldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, physicians were like, first do no harm, but for me, I was doing harm by omission. Right. And so like the combined of having this book on quitting and telling everybody else to quit while not doing it myself and feeling like I was almost actively doing harm at this point, it just got to me. 
And at some point I had to, I had to, to leave. And so my first initial plan was like, I'm going to leave medicine when, and it had always been, I'm going to leave medicine when, when the book takes off, when my speaking career takes off, when law school leads to something, when this startup I'm into something, you know, there was always going to be that thing. And I was speaking at the Physicians Helping Physicians Conference uh, last year, and I had told the, the group, like I always do, there's an asterisk to that, it, to that, okay, well, don't leave and don't quit until you find some backup. And that asterisk is, if your health is suffering, quit now, and it will figure itself out somehow. But I wasn't taking that advice myself because I could not see how much my health was suffering from it until I got out, and then this cloud lifted. And like weight just started to fall off and like everything in my life became happier and easier and carefree. And I was like, oh my gosh, what was I living under for all these years? Mm-hmm. But I quit with no backup. And so the last three minutes of the story is that I um, <laughs> found, I, I decided at that point, now I have like all the options in the world, but I've got to make some money somehow. But I now, after years of being unable to talk about plant medicines, I can. And so I'm going to make my mission to tell the medical establishment about these plant medicines so that they can pass that on to their patients so they know that there are options and, you know, educate patients in the process. And so I started the Plant Medicine Podcast and founded plantmedicine.org. And then a few months later, I found I, somebody came to me on, um, on LinkedIn and offered me a job being a medical director of uh, a cannabis website out of Israel. And so essentially I was just handed my dream job. I didn't have to go anywhere. I was working at my own pace. There were no patients involved and that's what I'm still doing. And so like, I am much more able to live a life in flow. We covered nothing of flow because it's like <laughs> not exactly just, the, it doesn't necessarily flow into my story, but um, I am no longer living so far out of a flow state where I have to go see patients. And like every minute I was with a patient, I was anxious every minute. Like And it was a really unfortunate situation because I was at the Veterans Compensation and Pension Department. So many of those poor vets have been waiting years for their benefits. So by the time they get to me, they are angry anyway, because they've been made to wait so long. And so like, you know, no fault of their own. They're going to take it out on the dock. They they see. And so I was, and it was just a really difficult situation. And so now that I get to work when I want in an industry that is promoting medicines that I feel better about promoting, it's been a completely life-changing difference. That's such an amazing story and journey for you. And I have so many questions, <laughs> but um, like, I, I guess the first, the first comment that I wanted to make was like, you know, when you mentioned the flow state, so, I mean, it goes up and down. And so I think, um, you know, when you were at the VA, um, perhaps, I mean, I don't know, maybe you can answer this. Um, it wasn't until you left the VA that these opportunities came to you because do you think that you could have had these opportunities if you were still where you were before? No, absolutely. And that's a great point is that I couldn't even see clearly enough to be creative to find the ways that I got these opportunities. For example, like uh, LinkedIn, I didn't realize because I didn't have the mental, like, bandwidth leftover, Mm -hmm. even though imagine I'm working 10 hours a week, but the fact that I was sitting out of alignment just occupied so much space in my thoughts. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that there wasn't enough clearing to think like, how would I craft my dream job if I could? And what would my LinkedIn have to look like so that somebody could find me and know to offer me that job? None of that could happen while I was, I just was in like a constant fight or flight, even though that's ridiculous because again, it was 10 hours a week, but it's just when you're so in the wrong place and it's constantly eating away at you, there's never a true sense of relaxation. And without being able to to relax, that creativity can't kick in and that kind of alternate thinking, you know, all I could see in front of me, and that's why I kind of uh, alluded to this, that it was a two-step process because I had always said, I'm going to quit when I, this other thing takes place. And then finally, after the Physicians Helping Physicians Conference, I heard about, I was reminded about the, the position in pharma called medical science liaison. So then I became fixated on that. I am going to leave once I get this medical science liaison job, which that seemed more concrete, but that's the only option I could see. There were, there were no other options. Yeah. And it wasn't until I quit without having found a pharma job at all that I was looking through medical, looking through LinkedIn for medical science liaison jobs. And I found one in Australia that said medical science liaison for cannabis. And I've never been really into cannabis. It's not my deal, but I know it's super helpful for a lot of people. And I thought, man, I'd feel so much better about being a medical science liaison for that kind of medicine. And that's when my kind of creative process started spiraling, like, oh, hold it. What could I do in the cannabis space otherwise? You know, I've got a medical degree. I've got a law degree. Like, this has to be useful in this huge burgeoning space, but wouldn't have ever thought about it, like you said, had I stayed at the VA and stayed really in a contracted feeling state. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, you can't, you, you can't see what else is out there unless you actually have the motivation with, um, you know, not having something at the moment. Like I know, at least for me, if I'm, if I'm in something, I won't really be aware of what else is out there, even though I'm kind of looking, but I don't really have that motivation of, I have to find something and I have to be creative about it. If you're kind of half foot, like one foot out the door, one foot still in. Yeah, for sure. That's for it, it my lights, experience. Yeah, it definitely lights a fire. Um, yeah, I'd say, so I, I put in my one month's notice because you had to. And that whole month, trust me, I was like my, put my resume together. And this is the thing that should, it has nothing to do with flow, but that I like to point out about the story is that I applied to maybe 30 or 40 different uh, medical science liaison or pharmaceutical related positions. And I had a friend who was another speaker at the Physicians Helping Physicians Conference, and he wasn't an MSL, medical science liaison, and he was helping me with the process. And he finally said, I cannot for the life of me figure out why you're getting not even a call back. He's like, maybe we should take the law degree off. Like maybe it's scaring people away. <laughs> and and he made me like, he's just trying whatever he can to help me. And, and like, at the point I'm removing my law degree from my resume, I'm just like, what am I even doing? Like, they're going to find out at some point when they Google me, you know, like, as I'm yeah. guessing that they should. And then at some point, I also thought, like, I had done an episode of Quit Happens about quitting things when there is no flow. When Because the, the opposite of no flow is when everything is a struggle. And mm-hmm. so if you're getting no after no after no after no after no, like, yes, there are, you know, things like acting, you're going to have to get 10,000 no's before you get a yes. But this is not acting. This is like a job I'm qualified for. No, 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 no. Finally, I had to stop and realize, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. I was like a Bernie Sanders delegate. Like we did not love big pharma. What was I doing? You know, it was a scarcity mindset that was keeping me thinking like, no, you got to do something else that's going to pay these bills and you got to do this specific thing. Mm -hmm. And like, 
oh my gosh, just such a lack of flow that finally when, when all that kind of hit me, I was like, of course, I'm not going to get a job in pharma. That would be essentially like jumping out of one, out of, out of alignment job into another, just mm -hmm. at least there wouldn't be any patients. That would be like the only difference. And so thank you universe for not giving me any of those jobs. But yeah, it, it definitely took getting out to kind of have a little bit of the fire, but also just more of the like mental bandwidth to, to make all those mental processes. Because like when I was still in, I knew that the fire was there. I was going to have a month to, to make it happen, but I couldn't see the bigger picture. I was just like, okay, I have 10 minutes left of today. Apply, 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 apply. I didn't have the time to sit back and be like, why are these all getting rejected? What am I doing wrong? Oh, is this the message from the universe? And I think it was. So what was your process kind of going through all of this? So once you decided to quit the VA and um, you wanted to do something different, did you have, I mean, I know some people go see therapists or some people journal. Um, what's your, what was your, what, what was your process during that time? So when I was getting out, I, I, I said out loud, my mission is going to be to educate uh, people, but namely the medical community on the benefits of plant and or psychedelic medicines. So that, that goes all the way from CBD and cannabis up through ayahuasca, ibogaine. And I had no idea what it would look like. I just knew that was my mission. And so, of course, you start with what you have seen. And so I had seen there were ayahuasca retreat centers and they would have a medical director. And so I reached out like, you know, is there any ayahuasca retreat that needs a medical director? That's kind of actually like a pretty advanced position. And I'm not really sure I would have been at all qualified necessarily <laughs> to do it at that point in time. But again, you know, you start off with what you know exists. It's hard mm -hmm. to just apply for jobs that appear nowhere in the what color is your parachute book from the 80s or whatever. You know, like when you're essentially in new fields, it you, can, you can't apply for what you don't know. You don't necessarily know, hey, I can create a job essentially. Um, so I started with that and I essentially just put some things on Facebook. Like, does anybody know anybody in this industry? I was trying like kind of virtual networking and I was still though the entire time going gung ho ahead with these pharma applications. And it wasn't until like I, so in that process, the friend of mine from the conference helped me make my LinkedIn look amazing. So like we worked on that paragraph that's like the about you section. Yes. It looked like the top of, uh, of a resume but a very, very thorough one. Like it had all my qualifications and everything I would like to be doing. And I do not know what was in there that somebody searched for and found when they, I eventually got the job that I got, but thank God that they found something in that section somewhere in there that led them to my profile. But in that time, I still kept using LinkedIn to look for positions. And that's when I found the cannabis medical science liaison. And that's when my thinking started to open up. And I started to realize how do physicians find out about new medicines? You know, like suddenly CBD was legal and mm -hmm. it can be used for a ton of conditions, um, but how are doctors gonna know, first off, what product they should recommend because there's a million CBDs from actual good ones to like straight up olive oil you can get at the gas station. That one will do nothing for you. The actual CBD can help a lot. So doctors are not going to feel comfortable, you know, recommending this because there's a wide range. They don't know what to recommend and they don't necessarily know what to recommend it for. I thought, what if I become a CBD drug rep? Like I, I need, just need to find a CBD company I believe in, offer my services as a drug rep, then I could just go to physician practices, drug rep styles and tell them about the product. And I reached out to a million and 10 CBD companies and nobody kind of understood because if you weren't a doctor and you weren't in like pharma, you didn't know that model. So they didn't necessarily see, I don't think, the benefits of having some doctor reach out. 
So that I remember that, you talking about that on your podcast at some point yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I did because I was like, this is it seemed like such an obvious slam dunk for a CBD company to have a doctor be like, yes, all patients who are currently on opioids, maybe this would benefit you. And I found this one brand that is, you know, the it has all the lab tests online. It's organic. It's you know not GM. Well, all the things, right? Nobody saw my vision, and so I. But I just kept networking with different people in the cannabis industry. But legit, none of that is what led to my job. Um, but somebody just wrote to me on LinkedIn one day and said, uh, "Will how much would you charge to edit an article?" And it was the most mysterious thing I've ever gotten. Like <laughs> random message. It didn't say where she worked, and uh, I said, "And how much would you charge to write one?" So I gave her two different rates, and she's like. I'll send you two articles. What's your PayPal? And I was like, am I working for the mafia? This is the most suspicious sequence of like LinkedIn messages mm-hmm. I've ever gotten. But all of a sudden I had two articles and I had two payments in my PayPal account. It's like, all right, I'm just going to follow this strange thread. And so I edited the articles. I sent them back. She sends me more, more money arrives in the PayPal account. I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I can pay my rent. So this is great. And then like at some point, she said, how many can you take a day? And she would just give me a ton of them. And this was, this was pretty fruitful. And then I thought, okay, why is this happening? And I think somebody had pointed out to me that the reason that they needed, all I was doing was reviewing articles that already existed and making mm-hmm. sure that they were medically sound. And they pointed out that Google had changed their algorithm. And if there was not a doctor that had been in the byline, like medically reviewed by doctor such and such, they were dropping to the bottom of Google's algorithm. And so all these health companies were going to need doctors to review the articles. So what did I do? I just started reaching out to other companies. You need a doctor to review your articles? Guess what? They did. Like once I found out that that was a thing, I could reach out to others. And, and so I was doing it for, I think, two or three companies. And then finally, the, the first one that I was worked for, I had sent them a, a message saying like, hey, I'm also a lawyer and legally, maybe you shouldn't say this and that. When they found that out, they were like, we've well, been looking for a medical director. And that's how that happened. Like that, it's just it just was a bunch of like, however I had jazzed up my LinkedIn and then doing a kind of an above and beyond job at the job I was given led Mm -hmm. to the position I have now. So that's, those are the steps I took. That's so amazing. I don't think I've heard this story before. And um, (laughs) it's interesting because I'm on LinkedIn as well. And I know a lot of my friends and colleagues are, and we get tons of messages all the time. And I think it's really hard, at least for me personally, to kind of weed through what's real and what's not, because I do get some offers every now and again. And I have actually found some kind of side gig stuff through LinkedIn as well. So I think it's a great tool, but you also have to weed through what's real and authentic and what's just, you know, BS kind of thing. <laughs> yes, for, for sure. Which is why when random person starts sending my PayPal money, then I was like, okay, this is one of the, this is one of the legit ones. Or, and you know, to, to, to hack my PayPal. Right. And real fast, like, you know, you talked about um, CBD and physicians just in general, not really having a whole lot of information and personally as a chronic pain physician, I get asked probably at least five times a week, if not more, um, about CBD when it comes to chronic pain. And it's funny because myself and um, a few of my other friends and colleagues, our go-to response is, well, there's just not enough information out there. It's not legal in Texas yet. Um, And so we can't tell you what to do or what not to do, but 
that's pretty much it. So I think it's great that you have taken it upon yourself to educate um, medical professionals and uh, professionals and physicians out there because it is, I, I know that it is good, but right now I just need a little bit more information. Yes. And it is legal in Texas. If it has 0% THC, there's a CBD yes. store across the street from me. <laughs> <laughs> there's CBD stores like literally everywhere. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. So it's not <laughs> quite as good as the entourage effect with THC, but you right. know, hopefully Texas will catch up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. So um, tell me a little bit about the plant medicine podcast. So w- were you doing the podcast during this time where you, when you were on LinkedIn and looking for, um, you know, um, the position that you are in now? Yes and no. So I decided to do the podcast on, so come back, coming back to like talking about having mental space and what it was like mm-hmm. to finally, you know, leave. What I had been working essentially double time at the VA. I was working like up to 40 hours a week my last month trying to, you know, make some extra money because I was paid per patient, making some extra money to cushion for my impending unemployment. And I would come home and then spend all night on LinkedIn or doing whatever, you know, pharma networking I needed to do. And so I was exhausted. And so I told myself- And your other podcast too, right? And my other podcast, <laughs> yes. At that time, I was still putting out a weekly with, an, with a person, an interviewed person podcast called Quit Happens. So yeah, I was super overstretched. And I said to myself, at the end of the month, I'm giving myself one legitimate week off, like no job searching, nothing absolutely not podcasts. I think I might even like, I don't know if I, maybe I'd preset the podcast or something, but I wasn't going to do any podcast interviews. I was going to do nothing. And it was on the last day of that week, which was June 6th, a year ago, when the idea for the plant medicine podcast hit me after a week of just like letting my brain relax and enjoy some, some mental clarity that popped up. And so I started preparations for the podcast, which, you know, I had to buy a domain and have hire somebody to make an entire. So like I dug into my little savings of nothing to have a podcast made like a thousand dollars. Don't get excited. It wasn't too much, but (laughs) it's also not that amazing a website, but it does the job. Um, and, and I spent a lot of time working on that in conjunction, you know, at the same time as I was looking. So the podcast launched August 13th. And I was offered the job at my current employer while I was at Burning Man, which is like the last week of August. So yeah, like I was setting things up while I was in that kind of weird period of doing these odd jobs. And, and oh, the thing I also didn't mention CBD related, but I had put up something, you know, on, on Facebook about like, I want to start this podcast. And somebody who runs a CBD company saw that and said, I'd love for you to do some CBD instructional videos for us. And I got paid for those. And so it was like, that's not a thing I ever thought. Like, this is not another job description is like a, a, like a doctor spokesperson in CBD videos, you know, but when I put out there what I was interested in and passionate about, opportunities popped up. And so it was like the universe being like, we gave you 30,000 no's for pharma. But the minute you mention CBD and plant medicines on Facebook, you have an instant gig. So anybody who's got this passion that they've been sub, like sub, subduing for a while, like I was, think about the fact that that is a possibility that if like all doors seem shut, it may be because the universe is legit waiting for you to like step into that passion. Yeah. And I think that's very true. I mean, the universe does in some way, in some form. No. <laughs> yes. So, uh, 
real fast before we end things, um, what does your flow state look like nowadays? I know, so I know that you, Lynn Marie, moved from San Diego to Austin very recently in the midst of a pandemic. That must have been pretty crazy. Um, but now that you've kind of settled down in Austin, what does the current flow state look like for you? Well, unfortunately, my biggest flow state requires another person uh, because I'm a salsa dancer. So I can't do much of that, though I did give a salsa lesson for like a virtual salsa lesson for my apartment complex. And a friend was kind enough to just flout all quarantine rules and come over and like be the guy while I was, you know, like the, the partner. Uh, so to get to salsa dance for even just a few minutes with him was amazing. Um, but otherwise, like I try to have like a one song dance party every morning in my place where I just kind of like do salsa moves or throw on some really great Latin song and just jam out. Um, I also play the bass. And so that's a thing I can do by myself uh, in quarantine, um, <laughs> though it would be cooler to, you know, jam with other people. But uh, those are dancing and music are my two biggest uh, flow states outside of things that are work related. And one of my biggest flow states was hosting Quit Happens the podcast that I no longer, <laughs> that I no longer do because I quit it, but I loved talking about quitting. It's my like favorite thing to talk about because, you know, like legit, I had written a book on quitting. Like, oh, she's written the, that, that person wrote the book on this. I, I wrote, didn't write the book on quitting. There are like six or seven, but I definitely written one of them and I could talk about it all day long just as a concept. And so I thoroughly loved having those conversations, but I really needed to spend my energy and my financial energy in ways that were mission driven right now. And, and the podcast was fun, but it would like currently with the mental health crisis that we're in, that's only getting worse with quarantine, psychedelic and plant medicines are gonna be huge. And so I had to focus more energy there. Um, so I lost a little bit about of that flow state, but getting to talk about people to, to can like talk about psychedelics to people, even though it's not in a necessarily a podcast flow form because those interviews are very scientific very often. And so it's not just a fun chat, but just when I get together with friends and talk about the potential for psych psychedelics to heal people, that's another fun flow state for me. Awesome. And um, like I said, in the very beginning, Quit Happens was probably the first podcast that I started listening to and I love it. And um, I love hearing your laugh. I think it's, it's just so engaging and I love, I loved all, all the uh, people you brought on to the podcast. So I think Aww. that um, it was a great podcast to listen to. And I think that what you're doing now is very important as well. So I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast and my podcast Thanks. and uh, sharing your um, journey through flow. And if, the people want to listen to you or to find out more information about you, how would they be able to do that? Sure. And by the way, I have to say you are the only person to reach out and say you were upset quit happens went away. So that was nice because if I had quit, quit happens and nobody cared. It would have been at least a, a minute of sorrow, but it was like, oh, somebody missed me. Good old Michelle misses it. I missed it. it so <laughs> but there's still um, some, I mean, it's still available. So it's awesome. I can still listen to some of the old episodes. So. Yes. There are like 119 episodes out. So um, there's something there for everybody. But if you can want to find what I'm doing now, if you uh, are on Apple Podcasts, if you have an iPhone, then go to Apple Podcasts and you can look up the Plant Medicine Podcast. If you are on Spotify, same thing, any, any of the podcast places. If you are an Instagram user, you can go to plantmedicine.org, which is plantmedicine.org and follow me there. Or you can go to the website, which is plantmedicine.org. And there are all kinds of resources there for all the plant medicines. I mean, for the doctors out there, ketamine is legal. It is widespread. It is extremely effective. So if you 
are in a practice that's family medicine, uh, internal medicine, psych, and you're not familiar with it, please check out the ketamine episodes or the ketamine resources on the website. And I think those are the places to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Lynn Marie, for taking your time out to record with me today. I appreciate you having me. It was super fun. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness. Thank you.